Chapter Twenty of Mountain Adventures in the Various Countries of the World. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Betty B. Mountain Adventures in the Various Countries of the World by John Timms. Gungootree, the Sacred Source of the Ganges, by Emma Roberts having recovered from the fatigues and bruises attendant on our journey to the source of the jumna to the great dismay of a portion of our followers we determined to proceed to gungootree whence the sacred ganges takes its rise the nearest route from kursalee to gungootree may be traversed in four days but the natives always endeavor to dissuade travelers from taking it at any season of the year recommending in preference a lower more circuitous and therefore longer way the more direct road leads over a great arm of the bundurpooch mountain which separates the valleys or rather channels through which the sacred rivers hurry from their icy birthplace the greater part of this tract is desert and uninhabited conducting the wayfarer through regions of rock and snow destitute of the dwellings of men or of supplies for his use there is danger also that fuel may be wanting for that necessary solace to the weary a blazing fire while the necessity of dispensing with everything like superfluous baggage must oblige the party to rest at night in caves and clefts of the rocks amid the most formidable evils reported of this route is the biskakoa or poisonous wind said to blow over the highest ridge and to exhale from noxious plants on the borders a very natural supposition among a race of people ignorant of the effects produced on the atmosphere at so great an elevation yielding to the universal clamour we consented to take the longer and safer path but some friends who were obliged to forego the journey to gungootree crossed into the valley of the ganges by a very difficult and romantic route after parting company at banas they descended to the banks of the bim a roaring torrent rushing beneath precipices upwards of two thousand perpendicular feet from the river the eagles wheeling through the sky from their eyries near the summit appearing not larger than crows the ascent then led over a mountain covered with cedars a noble forest not uncheerful though marked with sombre grandeur the next day's march conducted the party along the banks of a torrent which poured down the face of a mountain from a bed of snow near its summit the day was cold the ground hard with frost but the air bracing and the scenery wild and magnificent a long and toilsome ascent over unchigadi followed scrambling up the bed of a stream over rough stones rendered slippery from being cased in ice they reached the limit of the cedar forest and subsequently came to birch and small rhododendrons the scene then assumed a very wintry aspect and soon everything like foliage was left behind attaining the crest of the pass which was covered with snow and at an elevation of some hundred feet above the limit of the forest on looking back to bundurpooch dutimanji and bachuncha peak and ridge few scenes of more sublime grandeur could be found throughout the whole of these stupendous regions the prospect of range after range of the south and east was very extensive an ocean of ridges in one wide amphitheatre closed in by the line of the snowy mountains resting their fantastic peaks 
against the dark blue sky below the course of the bagarati could be traced which after issuing from its gigantic bed of snow rejoicing in its escape from the wintry mountains and their rugged and awful approaches flows in tranquil beauty through a peaceful valley in descending the southeast side of the pass the birch which had clothed the previous path gave place to pines and evergreen oaks which grew in great abundance in advance of the cedar the rhododendron which near the crest was merely a creeper became a tree a change in the nature of vegetation marking the different heights which is exceedingly interesting to the traveller the descent of this mountain to nemgang was long and painful and to europeans a new route the generality of travellers crossing the ridge from the jumna to the ganges either higher up or lower down but the next day's march compensated for all the fatigue incurred in its approach descending to the bini kigar a torrent rushing down a high ridge to the northward the glen which it watered proved of surpassing beauty nothing could exceed the loveliness of the foliage which clothed this summer valley or rather vista for opening on a view of the precipitous heights of the unchi gadi it contrasted its romantic attractions with the sublime features of the mountains beyond reaching the junction of the bini and the bagarati the holy name given to the sacred river the travellers found the ganges a noble stream much wider and deeper than the jumna at the same distance from its source but not so tumultuous descending to nangang by a different route to that already mentioned we also were compelled to encounter many difficulties the prospects however repaid them equally grand though different in character to those last described at a very considerable depth below we looked upon a cultivated scene the hanging terraces common to these hills waving with grain and watered by winding streams and running along the base of high woody trees beyond again were the eternal mountains in all their varieties snow resting on the crests of some others majestically grouped with venerable timber and others bleak bare and barren rising in frowning majesty from the green and sunny slopes which smiled below between these different ranges ran deep ravines dark with impenetrable forests rendered more savage by the awful music of the torrents roaring through their fastnesses while presently their streams issuing forth into open day were seen winding round green spots bright with fruit trees such or nearly such for every traveller sees them under a different medium were the prospects which beguiled us as we slipped and slid down the steep side of the mountain pass nangang formed our halting place several days march still lay before us and there were more mountains to climb and more forests to thread we now observed a diversity in the timber chestnuts of magnificent growth being the prevailing tree our sportsmen found plenty of game the mona the feathered wonder of the himalaya and other varieties of the pheasant tribe peopled these vast solitudes and paid tribute to the guns of the invading strangers we met with some delightful halting places on the line of march grassy terraces carpeted with strawberry and wild flowers where the cowslip the primrose and the buttercup brought the pranked out fields of our native country strongly to the mind many of the travellers in the himalaya are moved even to rapture at the sight of the first daisy which springs spontaneously in their path 
as an exotic in some garden of the plains it excites deep emotion but growing wild spangling the meadow grass with its silvery stars it becomes infinitely more interesting and the homesick pining exile will often gather its earliest encountered blossom weeping leaving this luxuriant vegetation we arrived at a wild spot the summit of a ridge of peaks covered with snow and though the prospect was more circumscribed and all of a greater sameness we enjoyed it amazingly we seemed to be hemmed in on all sides with thick ribbed ice transported to antarctic snows imprisoned amid icebergs vast freezing and impassable presently however we emerged and descending through the snow reached the boundary line between the districts of the jumna and the ganges the extreme limits of these river territories were marked in the manner usually employed in rude and desolate places by heaps of stone many raised by europeans who thus commemorate their pilgrimages these cairns being destitute of inscriptions it is impossible to say who the adventurous architects were since no european name has any chance of being retained in its primitive form by a native the next point of great interest is the summit of a ridge whence the first view of the ganges is obtained a sight which never fails to raise the drooping spirits of the hindu followers and which excites no small degree of enthusiasm in the breast of the christian travellers the sacred river as seen from this height flows in a dark rapid and broad stream and though at no great apparent distance must still be reached by more than one toilsome march from a height about two miles from gangutri the first glimpse and that a partial one is obtainable of that holy place which lies sequestered in a glen of the deepest solitude lonely and almost inaccessible for few there are who could persevere in surmounting the difficulties of the approach considerable distances must be traversed over projecting masses of rough stones flinty pointed and uncertain many being loose and threatening to roll over the enterprising individual who attempts the rugged way sometimes the face of the rock must be climbed from cliff to cliff at others where there is no resting place for hand or foot ladders are placed in aid of the ascent while awful chasms between are passed on some frail spar flung across these horrid rocks would seem indeed to form invincible barriers to the approach of the holy place but religious enthusiasm on the one hand and scientific research stimulated by curiosity on the other render the barriers inadequate for resisting the invasions of man the difficult nature of the access however prevents the concourse of pilgrims who resort to more easily attainable places esteemed sacred on this hallowed river the grandeur of the scene which opened upon us as we at length stood upon the threshold of gangutri cannot be described in words rocks were piled upon rocks in awful majesty all shivered into points which rise one upon another in splendid confusion enclosing a glen of the wildest nature where the ganges beautiful in every haunt from its infancy to its final junction with the ocean pours its shallow waters over a bed of shingle diversified by jutting rocks and every leaf shadowed by the splendid foliage of some fine old trees the devotee who undoubtedly believes that every step he takes toward the source of that holy river which from his infancy 
he has been taught to look upon as a deity will lead him into beatitude is content to seek its origin at gungootree but the real source of the sacred stream lies still higher in more inaccessible solitudes and it was reserved for the ardor of those who measured the altitude of the highest peaks and penetrated to the utmost limits of man's dominion to trace the exact birthplace of the holy river captains hodgson and herbert in eighteen eighteen found at the height of thirteen thousand eight hundred feet above the sea level the bagarati or true ganges issuing from beneath a low arch at the base of a vast mass of frozen snow nearly three hundred feet in height and composed of different layers each several feet in thickness and in all probability the accumulation of ages neither here nor at gungootree is there anything resembling a cow's mouth to support the popular fallacy which must have been invented by persons utterly unacquainted with the true features of the scene in which the sacred river gladdens earth with its ever bounteous waters a pilgrimage to gungootree is accounted one of the most meritorious actions which a hindu can perform and in commemoration of his visit to this holy place a gorkha chieftain has left a memorial of his conquests and his piety in a small pagoda erected in honor of the goddess on a platform of rock about twenty feet higher than the bed of the river the brahmins who have the care of this temple are accommodated with habitations in its close vicinity and there are a few sheds for the temporary residence of pilgrims many of whom however are content with such shelter as the neighboring caves can afford the usual ceremonies of bathing praying and marking the forehead were gone through at this place the officiating brahmin taking care that the fees should be duly paid notwithstanding the stern and sullen nature of his retreat at some periods of the year he may be said to lead a busy life conversing with devout pilgrims and carriers of water to distant lands who require his seal to authenticate their burdens and making the most out of all his visitors whatever their country or their creed may be though dispensing with his orisons we paid him for his services and it seemed a matter of indifference to him on what account he received the cash e roberts hindostan the shores of the red sea and the himalaya mountains End of chapter 20